In this episode, we discuss the first and last film that anyone will ever describe as a Taylor Lautner vehicle, Abduction. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm hey Dan, Dan McCoy. <laughs> hey, Dan, hey Dan, I'm Stuart. Stuart Wellington. Hey Dan and Stuart, my name's Elliot. Elliot Some, Kalen. Someday, PI. Someday Stuart's gonna understand that he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't say hello in response to me saying. Well, he's, hey, just, he's just trying to be polite. I'm greeting the audience. I'm not greeting. You're Stuart. staring right at me when he said that. You're, just the way he I was know trained. that you're gonna introduce yourself next. That's, Let's get right to the point. Okay. We do. We talk about movies here, right? We do talk about okay. movies. Traditionally bad movies, but this I mean, is the Flophouse podcast. <laughs> wow! Now you're acting as if you were the responsible one. <laughs> that I, is, I think the, I'm we should try cut. that. We should do an episode one time where Stuart is the Stuart host <laughs> and he is control of, the, of everything. Uh, hey, there's been a you know a lot has happened since we last uh, were with uh, the fans. Yep. Yeah, the leaves of hurricane from green to brown. A presidential election. Uh huh. And your leaf thing happened also, yeah, Stuart. Yeah, the leaves changed. Your, your cute little leaf thing. But yeah, it was yeah. mostly a hurricane in an election. Yeah. And are we reviewing those and, uh, tonight? I don't know. Was it a good, just, bad hurricane, and, and, and a bad, Disney, bad hurricane? And Disney bought Star Wars. Disney bought Star Wars, yeah. And George Lucas has uh, retired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tearing my hair out. So He's going to donate his $4 billion to the George Lucas Foundation for George Lucas buying stuff. It's <laughs> uh, a tax write-off, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'm just acknowledging that it's been a while. Like we took a we took a extra. I have week a beard now. Yeah. For the uh, Dan had a cool cap. I did. I walked in <laughs> wearing a cool cap. I bought two Stuart. new pairs of shoes. So all right, right, I think people getting... listening at home, imagine the shoes and the cap. I think we're getting off. I read a book about the history of ancient <laughs> Egypt by Toby Wilkinson that I like. I enjoyed. Well, Wilkinson, you said. Yeah, a British Egyptologist. I think we're getting into less interesting. So areas. it's been a lot of time since the last episode. A lot mm-hmm. has happened. How have we changed? Um, I'm tireder than usual. Oh, yeah. than usual, you say. Yeah. Stuart is just as thin and handsome. Oh, yeah. That's never going to change. And, yeah. I bathe exactly. in the blood of uh, virgin, virgin primates. Yeah, you're just like a character out of an Uva Bull movie. <laughs> sure. And, uh, as I, Elliot said, he has a beard right now. I have a now. beard to cover up the horrible scars of the incident that took place two weeks ago. Wow. We'll find out about the incident through dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, I was kissed by a fire wizard. <laughs> so There's no way the hair would grow then. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's magic hair. Oh, it's actually thorn sense. brambles. <laughs> we watched a little movie tonight. A, a very movie, little movie. <laughs> a movie that has been much talked about. A movie with very little actual movie in it. Yeah. But yeah, it was much discussed, especially on the Flophouse Facebook page. It's been much demanded. Uh, we watched a film called... Abduction. Emphasis on ab. Oh man, we're going to give it the Flophouse treatment. (laughs) (laughs) The patented Flophouse treatment. Oh boy, patent pending. Watch out, Taylor Lautner, Alfred Molina, Sigourney Weaver, and other stars. You're about to get Flophouse. You thought when you made Abduction, you made the best movie ever. Mm, Mm, You were wrong. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll find out when we get to the review segment, which is now (laughs) Abduction. (laughs) I don't so, know. Yeah, John Singleton directed it, so it's John's never like made a, probably... a bad movie. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he made Toys? Mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's Barry Levinson? <laughs> good, because I hate that movie. Okay, another sometimes good director who made a terrible film. I'm, I'm just amazed that John Singleton keeps pumping out the films despite weighing 2,000 pounds, <laughs> a single ton, as his name suggests. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got the name John Singleton. Yeah, oh, man. But he wants to make me. sure that, like, he wants to make sure that people know that he's not like comically fat. He's just a oh, single. Oh no, ton. tragically fat. <laughs> but no, it's not. You know, not more than one. Like, yeah, it's just, he's still watching his weight. He's, he's not over the silver lining on the. He's cloud. working very hard to stay at the two thousand pound level and neither gain nor lose any weight. Yeah. So that so we're gonna happen. Talk about that some more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's the tonnage of John Singleton? Oh, just one. <laughs> what's the average tonnage of a director of abduction? One, please. Okay, I'll take it. Five dollars. 
<laughs> I mean, like, price per, t- price per pound, that is a good deal. Well, $5 a ton is a great deal. But then what do you do with it all? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's how they get It's started. a better deal to pay 25 bucks for the seven pounds because you'll eat that. <laughs> but a whole ton of John Singleton, just, seven pounds. it's going to go to waste. So abduction, huh? <laughs> yeah. We watched it. So uh, you don't have to. Taylor Lautner starred in it. <laughs> it starred Taylor Lautner, who you may know as the noted, werewolf. Noted Edward. werewolf. Edward, right? Or no, is he? No, no, he's Jamie. Jacob. Jamie. Jacob. Spinks. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> he's the werewolf Spinks from the Twilight movies. <laughs> he is Team Jacobs. Yeah, Jacob. 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 There's just one of them. There's one Jacob. Okay, so his name is Taylor Single Jacob. Mm-hmm. So he plays Jacob, the werewolf in the Twilight movies, and this movie, Abduction, seemed to be implying the whole time that he's about to wolf out <laughs> if you just want it bad enough. Like every, there's constantly teasing, and we'll get to the plot, I guess, but. Imagine that while we're describing the plot, at every moment he is looking at like a man who's about to turn into a werewolf. Like they're yeah. just teasing you. Maybe he'll be a werewolf now. No. Okay. Maybe now he's a werewolf. No. 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 They're like, whoa! Don't get that guy angry. He might, you know. Yeah. Wink. It's a little bit like watching the USA Up All Night version of a bikini movie, yeah. where they've chopped out all the topless slash werewolf mm-hmm. scenes, but the yeah. scenes in front of and behind the werewolf <laughs> scenes are still there. You might see a wet t-shirt. You might if you're lucky, but, uh, and here... You'll see a lot of thongs, but not a lot of werewolves. Yeah, and here you might see... You don't see either of those things. You Taylor don't see Lautner. thongs, <laughs> wet t-shirts. Well, but in a USA Up All Night movie, they would always have a lot yeah. of thongs. Oh, they always have werewolves. No, I mean, they yeah. don't have werewolves. <laughs> like in the except company of, course, of wolves. Except, of course, for the bikini car wash werewolf. <laughs> Where a it's bunch a werewolf of werewolf car wash. Well, no. What happens well, is a bunch of bikini girls inherit a werewolf, <laughs> and a and land they have developer to hold a car wash to stop a to, land developer yeah. from building condos instead of a werewolf. They <laughs> <laughs> want to build the condos on the werewolf. The problem you is those, hate that. those condos only exist when there's a full moon. Yeah. So it's a bad plan for the land developer. Yeah, it's but bad for still, and he still ends up getting pushed in a pool at the end. <laughs> so abduction, eh? So abduction. Should we say what this movie's about? Sure. For the few people who haven't seen it, since it was the most successful film in film history. Abduction is a low-budget pizza nonsense starring... Pizza nonsense? (laughs) I thought you might say that. I was hoping you would ignore it. That when I said piece of nonsense, it sounded like pizza nonsense. (laughs) So Abduction is the story of Taylor Lautner, your ordinary run-of-the-mill high school student who is super ripped Mm -hmm. and has amazing abs and rides a motorcycle all the time. He sometimes rides on the front of a truck. On the front of... Yeah, on the front of a car while his friends drive him to a party. He's driven to a party while riding on the hood... He, uh, we immediately love him. You immediately, yeah. this well, this ripped hood riding t shirt uh, yeah, t- teenager is immediately the most lovable character in film history. Yeah, the first with like, the one one uh, problem except, that he is in, totally unlikable. Yeah, well, no, that's like the first few things we see him do in this movie are uh, endanger his life by riding on a hood of a car, play beer pong, and then like cackle with his friends at this like uh, this raging party at some and girl's he gets, house and he dr- gets drunk and passes out and wakes up shirtless on the front lawn yeah, of the and house you're the like next day. oh Have this is our hero time he is well he's ob- we he, like him because he's such a totally awesome dude well I guess. he's like a fantasy figure for the viewer mm-hmm. but he's a fantasy figure he's a fantasy love object i have to he's assume, my fantasy figure whoa <laughs> i just assume they were going for the taylor lautner fans which are like teenage girls basically sure. and that what I mean, they i don't know who could not expire like any... nowadays dude maybe all the kids like ride around on cars <laughs> i don't think super ripped i don't think a lot of kids ride on the hoods give of each cars. other high fives there's nothing Pirates tickets there's <laughs> yeah, they nothing also... that gets a 13 year old girl hotter than some dude playing beer pong that no, is what like, she aspires to but like for a, her a, like a bad boy guy who mm-hmm. your dream is to Tame him, you know, and and harness tame the wolf with exactly to tame the wolf. Bad, like this is like this is just like your typical like frat nonsense. This is not like a bad boy behavior. Like I can understand riding on the the hood of a car and getting drunk and passing out. That's bad boy behavior. That's just Uh, like I don't know how they do things in Eureka, Illinois, but when a teenager passes out drunk and wakes up on the lawn of a house with no shirt on. That's all I need for minimum bad boy acceptance. I mean, he's totally rude. He's totally rude and he's got attitude. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, Elliot, but I'm going to side with Dan on this one. Really? <laughs> all he's right. neither rude nor has any tude. <laughs> he's just a regular old dude. Okay. <laughs> okay, he's been downgraded from bad boy to boy. Uh, but anyway, that's what we see him do. Then he goes home and his parents are not happy that he's hungover. So his dad makes him fight him. <laughs> 
And there's a awesome. he's training him how to fight, and his dad is just beating the yeah. shit out of him in a fight scene that's just slightly shorter than the fight scene from They Live, <laughs> and it's just a hair short of child abuse. We don't uh, really know either of these characters at this point. Right? We know one is not a bad dude with attitude. He's just a regular, <laughs> ra- regular average Joe teen riding on the hoods of cars and getting drunk with his friends. You with think the his dad tickets. might be a prude? Oh God. <laughs> Okay. And no one shows up nude, and <laughs> someone plays Zood, and, you know. All right, thanks, Dr. Seusses. There you go. Uh, anywho, so, but then Taylor Lautner gets mad, and his dad's like, good, good, you focus that. Think mm-hmm. about what you're doing, and him and his dad beat each other up. And it's, again, you're like, this is the first moment where you're like, he's about to turn into a werewolf, isn't he? <laughs> no, nope, he's, he's just flaring his nostrils and kicking his dad. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's also got a crush on a girl who shows up at the party with a boyfriend. What? A uh, she's got uh, big eyebrows. This girl, she's got kind of bushy eyebrows, mm-hmm. uh, but pretty, pretty. Yeah, no, she's a, lady. It's, I mean, she's still yeah. the romantic lead of a movie. She's sure. a pretty girl. <laughs> it's, I just don't want you guys to, you know, it's like, not like a hunchback or nothing. Focus on the eyebrows. And... It's hard not to because her face is kind of bland, pretty. Sure, but uh, she's you know pretty. She's a girl. Whatever you, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Anywho, they go to school. His friends rag on him. He's on the wrestling the team. No, no, that's fine. Uh. And a te- the teacher of the sociology class, which they have in high school, a teacher who is throwing a baseball between his hands for no reason. It's like reason. the first day of class, though, right? Like he's basically teaching them what socio- like he goes, the basics. Sociology of- is the is the history is the study of societies, and mm-hmm. you have a ten page term paper to do. And now I'm going to split yeah. you up into groups, but I know your names already. Yeah, and I'm going to make you work in this class. This is not going to be an easy class. Yeah. This is going to be totally sociological. It's the teacher gets kind of a little speech like that, and you yeah. never see him again. Yeah. Uh, but he pairs up Taylor Lautner and the girl he has a crush on, who also lives across the street from oh, him. Oh, man, that sucks. This is awkward or great. I don't know. And he spends a little bit of a mini montage cleaning up his room. This is an action movie, by the way. Yeah. And so far, we've seen the character go to a party, There's a montage fight his dad, the, and, yeah. and then clean up his room after getting assigned a term paper. And we also see a picture of the girl who lives across the street. Uh, we see a shot of her taking a poster, a poster-sized picture of herself <laughs> and her ex-boyfriend, <laughs> and ripping and it, ripping it in half. <laughs> she got it made at Kinko's. What? All the girl, all the teens are doing that now, along with their hood riding and their passing out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a teen anymore, guys. I'm a grown man, like our hero Taylor Lautner. <laughs> <laughs> but he's playing a teen poorly. Oh, okay. uh, so Taylor Lautner, let's just take a moment to talk about how would you describe his charisma? More like a sponge or more like a brick? He's sort of like uh, like a cigar store Indian kind of. He's kind of like a block of wood that someone drew abs on with a sharpie marker. <laughs> he's, like, he's like a young John Cena. Yeah, he is, he is a John, John Cena has way more charisma. I do, yeah, I do agree Lauder, with that. Which is which is weak compliments right there. That's very weak praise to say more charisma than Taylor Lautner, but still. Uh, and obviously, some of this has to do with my anger at Taylor Lautner being like what I assume a millionaire teenager. With super great abs. That sounds like a great movie title. <laughs> Actually, if this was a movie about Taylor Lautner being a millionaire teenager, much better. I used to, I mean, like, I said this during the film, though, but also, like, Taylor Lautner seems to be a case, one of those cases of the teen heartthrob where it's like, okay, yeah, he's, like, super cut. But he looks kind of weird. Like, he's got, like, a weird fucking nose and, like, weird low-brow, like, eyebrows. The kids like, like that. It's caveman chic. Okay, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, he really he does. He does. He looks like he should. He would not be out of place making cave paintings of how he took down. Well, he's uh, an astral, astralohunkathicus. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, whatever. He's a we Neander can, dude. We, we, we can pass along. I mean, it's more Our important. Our generation had Encino Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Their generation has... Uh, Jacob, the werewolf. Every creature. generation has their caveman hunk. The point is, for the generation before us, it was Ringo Starr in the movie Caveman. Before that, it was Robert Vaughn, and I was a teenage caveman, or whatever it's called. The uh, it's called teenage caveman. The Deus Ex uh, homework assignment that <laughs> puts this into motion is that they have to do something about, I guess, abducted kids. They're so they somehow doing a term paper on weird first project on child abductions, and they find a website that shows pictures of kids, and then what they might look like as adults now in the time since they've been abducted. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids slash adults looks just like Taylor Lautner. Uh-oh. He com- he does some quick detective work, finds his old shirt that's in the picture, and compares it to other pictures and talks to a friend of his and decides it's him. So he confronts his mom, who admits she's not Played by hi- actress Maria Bello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maria Bello. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. She wears the hat in that show. 
right? That show? That, oh, yeah, the canceled show. Yeah, she's not on <laughs> that prime show anymore. The Prime Suspect remake. Yeah, Hat Cop. <laughs> Lady Hat Cop. Yeah. The and show, her, the series. And his dad, you may remember as uh, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm. Who's he Lucius Malfoy? always plays a good guy. Is that a character from like a Harry Lord of the Rings of Star Wars type yeah. thing? Yeah, it's from one of those yeah, things. One of those. Okay. Is that like a Star Trek Hobbit? Hey. <laughs> so Avengers. Keep going is what I meant to say. <laughs> keep it up. So I, is he Star on... Trek Hobbit sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Is he on Grimm? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is a level of nerdy that uh, I will not commit to, friend. Okay. Is he on the Mother Goose and Grimm cartoon show that used to be on in the 90s? <laughs> anyway, so she admits she's not his real mother. Mm-hmm. And she's going to reveal the truth to him as soon as she goes downstairs and gets his dad. But then a knock on the door. Two surprise sinister secret agents show up. And it's because of a scene we forgot where... They look on this website, and they get in touch with the website operator and say, we think we've found one of these kids. But it turns out the site is being run by a Serbian criminal who then hacks through the computer back to the webcam Mm -hmm. to see Taylor Lautner using the computer and then track him to his current location. Yeah. That's a perfect use of computers. Because (laughs) apparently it's very easy to do that. This is a movie where it's very easy to hack into computers – Phones, security cameras, yeah. balloons, everything you need. Later on, the CIA is getting involved in this story, and let me tell you, the CIA has a tap on every phone and computer that in, exists in the world. In the world. <laughs> Pay phones, cell phones, home phones, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Those, uh, like, speaking spells, they're not really phones, but <laughs> it's close enough. Homophones. So we're about a half hour into the movie at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's taken a long time to get here. So these secret agents show up, They there's a brief fight where Maria Bello kicks some butt, even without a hat on, and but then gets killed. Oh, man. And the dad shows up. He gets, he gets killed, killed. Too, yeah. Taylor, But not not until after taking out one of the other agents. Taylor Lautner uh, and the girl that he has a crush on beat up the last guy. Taylor Lautner gets a fire poker from the fireplace and just hits him with it a bunch of times. <laughs> and he goes, ah, ah. I'll tell you everything I w- you want to know, but I won't die here. There's a bomb in the oven. And, of course, they go to check, and there's seven seconds left on the yeah. bomb. So they jump out of the house. The explosion blows them into the pool. Yeah, it really helped that one guy. was like, I'm not going to die here. He's like, well, I guess you're still in that house when it <laughs> yeah, exploded. Maybe you shouldn't have set the bomb for ten <laughs> seconds after you left the oven. <laughs> and also, both these guys have been fighting the whole time. Who had time to put a bomb in the oven? And also, is it called a bomb in the oven when you've got a rambunctious kid <laughs> that you're pregnant with? <laughs> Well, that bomb in the oven, that was for that was for Sunday brunch. Seems oh. unnecessary to put the bomb in the oven. I mean, is that to make it look like it happened from natural causes? <laughs> Oven-based so. causes? Just a natural oven explosion <laughs> like you have. They were just trying to bake a bomb, but they, they miscalculated. It's so hard to get a good glaze on a bomb because it doesn't have any juices. Uh, so now the kid, the girl, and the guy, Taylor Dalton, are on the run, and she got hurt in the arm a little bit, so he takes her to the hospital. Uh, and he calls from the hospital, and he calls 911, and the CI picks up. It's Alfred Molina. And he says, like, blah, 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 you're in trouble or danger or something. Mm-hmm. And then they so go you to you got to trust me. You gotta... And he throws it back in his face, the thing that Jason Isaacs' dad said. It's like, trust is something you earn. Yeah, it's his, oh, yeah, yeah. It's his roadhouse pain don't hurt moment, you yeah. know, his philosophy. Uh, they go to the hospital, and he tries to dial 911 again, I guess. And it's the CIA again? Like, no, what happens? this is all the same thing. It's the same phone call? You're, 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 I thought they talked to the CIA in the house. Is no, it just no, no. in the, just in the no, hospital? No, just at the hospital. And, uh, and uh, Sigourney Weaver... Look, there's so many phone calls in this movie. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, who is uh, Taylor Lautner's uh, therapist, the therapist earlier in the film. She's helping him to deal with his anger and his recurring dreams mm-hmm. of watching his mom get killed in yeah, front of him. And his desire to wolf out. <laughs> yeah. And it, you mean his dreams that are just actual memories. Yeah. Because like most people, when Taylor Lautner goes to sleep, he just plays memories back from his mm-hmm. past history. It's, it's like a greatest hits is what happens. It would be great if he just imagined his blooper reel, and it was, <laughs> it was real memories, but people screwing yeah. up. And Yakety Sax is playing in his dream. <laughs> they don't usually do that around <laughs> blooper reels. Uh, but no, Sigourney Weaver shows up. all the time. <laughs> so uh, he's on the phone at the hospital mm-hmm. and calls 911 and Alfred Molina answers and says the trust thing. Then Sigourney Weaver shows up with a big handful of Mylar balloons, mm-hmm. which the is her... Perfect disguise. It's <laughs> literally her disguise. She goes, oh, Alfred Molina, you can't trust him. Yeah. You gotta come with me. And she uses the... I'm bl- a friend of your dad and I'm a secret agent too. Come with me. She uses the... Of your real... A friend of your yeah, real dad. Yeah, yeah. And she uses the balloons to... 
hide them from the view of other people, and then she lets them go so that they can cover up a security camera, and then she has the best line in the movie. As she about, as They get into a car, and as she's about to get into the car and drive them to safety, she goes, I hate balloons. <laughs> <laughs> and then they drive off, narrowly escaping being caught. That was her secret the whole time. And you're you're waiting for something <laughs> she else. She had to overcome her <laughs> hatred of balloons to help Nathan. That's how Taylor important Lauder. this was. It's literally mm-hmm. uh, snakes. Why does it have to be snakes moment? But balloons. <laughs> and balloons never come up again. Sigourney Weaver does not have to overcome another balloon it obstacle. It really felt like she should have said, I hate balloons, and then shot the balloons, <laughs> and then they exploded. <laughs> yep, and the entire hospital exploded, and their car goes flying out of the blast. <laughs> Well, that's the acceleration the they the need movie. to get a- get away from the bad guys. But, uh, it's like a rocket ship. Yeah. It's a controlled explosive blast. Yeah. Okay, that's how rocket ships work. Yeah. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver takes Taylor Lautner and bland love interest with her and uh, puts... Let's just like, call her girl, cute girl. <laughs> cute girl. And uh, pushes them out of the car, basically. She says, we're going to be rounding a turn. I need you to jump out of the car where no one will see you. That makes yeah. sense. And they jump into the woods, and then she creates a diversion by blowing her car up. But yeah. she's not in it. And so now the CIA is after them. She tells them they she were. Got, they got CIA guys. They got, I guess, Serbian. The Serbian criminals still after him. She's got four people. She says there are four people who know the truth about you your fake parents, me, and your real dad. And his real dad is a secret agent of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, Alfred Molina then debriefs, I guess, the head of the CIA, who's. It's not General Petraeus because he's stepped down, well, obviously. Alfred Molina calls an exposition meeting. <laughs> He's like, guys, That's basically what it is. We're in desperate need of some exposition in this film. We gotta like do the stat. And he says that Taylor's <laughs> exposition meeting in the conference room <laughs> to ten would minutes. All these guys be trying to get this cool teenager. This isn't <laughs> if looks could kill. There hasn't been like a mix them up. I think. You... Did we forget to mention he has a motorcycle too? Oh, mm-hmm. that's why they're after. And he wears sunglasses. Cool. <laughs> at sunglasses night, sunglasses <laughs> to keep his son. Out of his eyes. Wait, he has a son? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to see my son. I'll put sunglasses on. Dad, you can still see me. I'm just a little bit dimmer. Um, anyway. So uh, ta- uh, Alfred Molina explains that Taylor Lautner's dad was a secret agent who found a list of 25 secret agents who had, I guess, sold out America for this yeah. Ser- to this Serbian criminal. And now the Serbian criminal wants that list, which is because I guess that was his only copy and it's on a phone. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Taylor Lautner Taylor is... Taylor Lautner had been like put into hiding to protect him because yeah. he would have been leveraged, I guess. The easiest way to get that, that phone is not to get after, go after the secret agent who has it, yeah. but to get his kid and use the kid as a bargaining chip. So he's had this phone for like 15 years? No, the phone has been hidden in a safe house house. for 15 years. Oh, okay. But also, this is the first of three or four times that we're told this exposition. <laughs> Alfred Molina tells these people. Then he tells Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner tells the girl, and it's like, yeah, we saw this. <laughs> we know why they're chasing you. Come on. Uh, Taylor Lautner and the girl go to a safe house where they get a gun I think, I think the movie and the like, phone. thinks that, like, because, like, objectively, this plot doesn't make any sense. But the movie thinks that maybe if it repeats it three times, we'll be like, oh, yeah, that, I get it. Oh, sure. <laughs> Fine. No, it's like, I think what they're trying to do is, they're trying it's like to focus the secret. on they how say people it enough, would then. really uh, interact with each other in one of these no, situations. It's true. And, of course, they would have, to, have explain to explain it, to it every each time. Other. That's true, over uh, and over again. I mean, it's just hyper-realistic is what uh-huh. I'm trying to Very say. Very hyper-realistic. It's like a mumblecore thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was more mumbly. <laughs> wouldn't he hear so, brilliant dialogue like, I hate balloons? <laughs> Um, so they so, get on a train then, right? Is that the next yeah, thing they do? Gotta, like, yep, it's a spy movie, so there's got to have a train. Yeah, it, right? They're going to take a train boring. from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, but um, In search of spaghetti with chili on top, I would imagine. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where the phone is hidden, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's fish or some shit. But a thug chases after them. And here's another great moment that we forgot to mention. So the Serbian war criminal comes in from London. There's a there's a scene where they establish how sinister he is by showing him going through customs <laughs> and being allowed to pass through customs using his passport. Uh, they show him in a hotel room with his thugs, and the thugs are very clearly eating room service food. <laughs> like, there are these great moments where it's like, uh, for verisimilitude, we should show that if he's going to go into the United States, he'd have to pass through naturalization. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? They're going to get hungry <laughs> on this stakeout. Let's show someone dipping French fries into a bottle of ketchup. Uh, so the th- one of the thugs, who looks kind of like a thinner Michael Moore, uh, chases after them on this train. And But first, Taylor Lautner and the girl make out. 
hot oh, and heavy. Man, it's crazy. He literally it picks her up and is sexiest thing holding her by the butt, and then they sit down and they're yeah. kissing and kissing. And then she goes, "Hey, Get your we should." Boners ready, guys. And, but it's <laughs> Get your boners ready. <laughs> Shine them up, gentlemen. Rev up your penises. <laughs> Check the oil on that thing. Put some, <laughs> put a nice uh, shirt and tie on. <laughs> Gentlemen, shave your boners professionally. Yeah, not amateurishly. <laughs> Come on, no. You look terrible. Uh, Gentlemen, so unpack it from wax. Uh, so they're on the train and they make out. And then she get goes, out of cryo freeze. She goes, "Hey, we should get something to eat. We should have something to eat." And he's like. Uh yeah yeah, <laughs> and there's they all they should have played up the moment more where he's like, wait what are we not doing that anymore? Or? I mean it seemed like we were on our way to having sex. I don't I don't know about teenage boys, but I think they can pass pass up food for a little while if yeah. sex is on the table. Yeah exactly. Well especially if they have to get through the sex to get to the food that's on the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's say there's a plate of food, but there's a girl in front of it. Mm-hmm. Okay okay I can imagine this. Just how else are you gonna get that food except yeah. by sexing no your way, way through? Sure. You couldn't just push her out of the way. That would be rude. <laughs> Come on, you're a, you're a gentleman. And you know what? While she's falling, her leg might hit the food, knock that on the floor. Yeah. Then where there goes your hot dogs and macaroni. <laughs> yeah. It's like macaroni I, noodles yeah, with a yeah. cut of hot dogs. That's what teenage boys like to eat, right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, teenage and, and, boys are five-year-olds. I don't know. Yeah, and science like the, tells like us. Like a turkey leg for a, for a medieval knight. <laughs> science <laughs> tells us that after you've had sex with a girl, she's not hungry. No, so. not at all. Then you get all that food. Then you can get that, like, Go-Gurt, whatever it is, or Lunchables <laughs> that's sitting on the table. <laughs> whatever the kids eat these days. Lunchables. You know, what is it, like, Elio's Pizza Cones? <laughs> Something like that. What is it, like, uh, Choco Tacos? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know, pizza food, you know, for kids. What, some kind of, like, you know, hamburger pizza or something? Some kind of Oreo cheeseburger? Someone's um, got a crocodile cartoon on the box. <laughs> Something with a with a cartoon penguin with a backwards hat and a skateboard. Man, that's a cool penguin. What's he doing eating that food? So if you're gonna get that plate of chicken nuggets in the shape of dinosaurs, you're gonna have to get have sex with that woman first. Yeah, you gotta sex someone up for that. Yeah. And if you're lucky, the motion from having sex will bounce the food <laughs> closer to your mouth. I mean, that's the only reason you're doing it if you're a teenage boy. <laughs> So, so let's do what your body wants. So, so point, she, point is, there's a fight. Fight is, she goes to the she goes to the cafeteria, and the bad guy follows her, pulls her into a into a passenger berth, and beats her up, and threatens to cut one of her fingers off. And like suddenly the bad things guy get in dark. Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Which one? Die, dark man, die. The return of Durant, or the no, first it's Durant the, from the first. Okay, <laughs> before he returns, not a, not a few good dark men. <laughs> Twelve Angry Darkman? Is that it? No, that's a bunch of That band, Darkman, Darkman, and Astro Darkman. Wait until Darkman. No, not at all. That doesn't work. Oh man, why does that have the word man in the title? No, no, go with the word dark. You know what? Let's just pretend this never happened. You know what? Restart the podcast. (laughs) Okay, so there's a big, big fight in a train car, and Mm. in just in the one passenger room. And I know what you're thinking: a fight in a train berth. Wasn't that done in a sleeper car? Wasn't that done in From Russia with Love? Isn't it one of the best fight scenes in the Bond series? Yes, it is. And does abduction outdo it? No, it does not. But, you know. But it does end with Taylor Lautner uh, tossing an unconscious man (laughs) out the the window. Out the window of a train. train, And then when he sees the man's glasses are still on the floor on the train, (laughs) crushing them with his shoes. Because he hates nerds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it is another one of those movies where, like, not as bad as Green Lantern, where a jock was beating up a nerd in a wheelchair, <laughs> but like that, where a pudgy guy with glasses is fighting like this ripped teen who rides a motorcycle, and we're supposed to root for the teen and not the pudgy guy with glasses. He's like prescription canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight is twenty, daddy. <laughs> so. Uh, what happens? So I can't they get off remember. the train because the, someone pulls the cord or something. I don't remember yeah. how the train stops. There must stops. have been some kind of happening going on. And they uh, go <laughs> running off into the woods. And they run off into the woods again. This is their second time in the woods for those keeping count. And basically, let's just skip ahead. Alfred Molina catches up with them. He takes them to a diner where he tells the story to Taylor Lautner that we already know about. Yeah. 
Taylor, Taylor Lautner intuits that uh, Alfred Molina is probably on this list, and that's and why he cares so much about that's it. That's why he wants it so bad. A bunch of guys get shot by snipers. The Serbian snipers kill the good guys, and then <laughs> Taylor Lautner runs away while the Serbians are bas- using machine guns to blast the windows of this diner. And then <laughs> Alfred Molina turns to this female agent who's with him and nods. And the bad guys walk in and see Alfred Molina and the female agent lying on the ground with their eyes closed. <laughs> and the They're bad dead, guys right? walk dead. past, and then our, the, Alfred Molina and the other woman just get up and start shooting. Them. It's literally like, huh, they don't have any blood on them and they're breathing, but, but their, their eyes, eyes are closed and they're standing still, so I guess they're dead now. Anyway, we're professional mercenaries. <laughs> we'll just walk past them. It is, that is, I think, my second favorite dumb moment after I hate balloons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway. But Lautner makes a deal with the Serbian guy. He's going to meet him at a yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates game mm-hmm. to make sure. what he thinks is going to be the handoff for the phone. Huge the most at the Pirates games. thrilling climax they can imagine, a Pittsburgh Pirates game. So they show up. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty shots of the stadium, mm-hmm. different statuaries around it. You know, they're playing the Mets. Everybody's I think this the, movie may have been funded the... by Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's just one of the mysteries of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Why did abduction get made there? Uh, yep. That's just one of the uh, gentlemen of the low road adieu. That's one of the. Uh, now we're doing Michael Shea. Look, let's just Cavaliers do the one that has Pittsburgh in it. <laughs> So he gets his buddy who... Dan, are you just not on today? <laughs> so anyway, Stuart. Okay, let's focus, guys. It's one of the Wonder Boys. I think we, got, we, we can still finish this. We can still do it. I don't think so. I don't think so. Telegraph Records. Uh, so he gets his buddy to give him those VIP tickets to a Pirates game. I yeah. mean, they're worth their weight in gold. Which is not a lot, because they're just tickets. <laughs> they're just pieces of paper, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and he gets his friend to, like, stash a gun? Somehow, the- his friend, who is the best fake ID maker in Pittsburgh, he says, mm-hmm. stashes a gun under the seat of one of the, in the stadium. They've established he's a criminal at this point, so... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's true. I mean, a smooth criminal fake, at that. he makes fake IDs. He does make fake IDs and sells <laughs> them. If he was making them for his own artistic use, So he tricks artistic this use, Serbian war criminal <laughs> to go by himself... To a baseball game where he has a gun stashed he under a chair. He couldn't send one of his hired goons. Oh, no. That would break the rules of the game. Yeah. Uh, but he, the Serbian goon, the Serbian bad guy does buy a bag of popcorn. rules of attraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Those were well established uh, earlier on in the train car when we had that hot makeout scene. When they are making out and not faking out. <laughs> <laughs> so he buys popcorn. They want to start breaking out <laughs> before things start shaking out. Mm-hmm. That was the second best line of the movie. At one point, the they Serbian need to. Serbian war criminal mentions how much he loves popcorn. <laughs> that was a good line yeah. too. Uh, I didn't get to say unleash uh, the kraken out. Okay, no, he didn't say that. No, yeah, he, he hates he says, baseball. He goes, I, I don't love... understand this game, but I like popcorn. <laughs> Great. And so Taylor Lautner starts pulling the gun out from under the seat, and the bad guy's like, "Maybe I can tell you the truth about your father." And he goes, "The truth?" And he goes. Yeah, I killed your mom, but not your dad. Which is stuff we know already. Like, yeah. yeah, we knew from the dreams. And he's right? like, "Oh, that memory I have of seeing a woman get killed was a woman getting killed." I remember more of my memory now, and you were the guy who did it. He was I the guy, survived. and he goes, "I made one mistake. I didn't check under the bed because he now somehow knows that Taylor Lautner was hiding <laughs> under the bed the whole time." Uh, but while he was telling him this, bump bum. The Serbian guy got the gun somehow. Also, there was an exciting play in the baseball game, yeah. and Taylor Lautner gets up to watch it, and then sits <laughs> back down again. Come on, focus, Taylor If I'm remembering Lautner. correctly, but it's like, hey, look, he may be a spy on the run, he may be a kid who's been lied to all his life, but at heart, he's a Pirates fan. <laughs> he's a Pyraniac. He's got, he's got priorities. He's a big pithead. Yeah. That's what they call him. That's what they call themselves, right? A pit fiend. Uh, <laughs> David Kalen, do not write in to correct that. Don't tell us what Pittsburgh Pirates fans call themselves. We don't care. So Taylor Lautner <laughs> goes on the run, and the Serbian war criminal tries to catch that kid. In the process, <laughs> does try to catch that kid. In the process, he knocks over every possible type of concession. <laughs> people with hot dogs, people with popcorn. Like, oh, my nachos are safe. Nope. On the ground, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're inventing foods that were never sold in a, oh my turducken oh my sushi oh my full wok stews oh my is- souffle my baked Alaska <laughs> Uh, there's this really awesome scene. Uh, you loved this part, Dan. You were crazy about it. Where you're right. sliding down that giant piece of glass. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Lautner parkours around a little bit and slides down the glass covering of an escalator. And then this uh, this is a pretty good part. That's the set piece of the movie. He's hanging from the from the glass and then drops to the ground and seriously hurts his ankle <laughs> and goes ah and then is limping away. But uh, and well, it's got a huge lead. And at it's that supposed. Point. I assume it's supposed to even out. 
the fact that a 60-year-old Serbian war criminal is chasing after the fittest teenager in the world. Yeah. And that they have to even it up by having him hurt himself and raise the stakes. But, but he's the, also gotten a phone call from his dad mm-hmm. who said, I'm here at the stadium. Lead him out to the parking lot and we'll spring the trap or something like that. Something stupid, yeah. So Taylor Lautner brings him out to the parking lot, and the bad guy pulls the gun on him and is like, give me the phone, ah, blah, 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 you're a real father, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you he know. pulls out a comically oversized revolver. <laughs> and then uh, Taylor Lautner's dad, played by Dermot Mulroney. Who we never see. We never see from, fully. He never, we never see him from the bottom of the nose It's up. like Val we just Kilmer see his in True Romance, man. Yeah. You know, like, he just he, brings charisma without <laughs> seeing the sure. whole face. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He pulls out a sniper rifle and shoots the guy. Just shoots him through the heart. The climax complete. It's one of those things where it's like, I think it was either Dan or Stewart who said, wait, that was an option? <laughs> Which just shooting just, him was an option? Why didn't he just shoot him at the beginning? Like, yeah, why didn't anybody just shoot him? It doesn't, so... Where were all his goons at this point? Did they leave? Did, did they, he have I to think give they, away his really child? Couldn't the, he just uh, shoot the guy so he didn't yeah, have to give away his I think his it child? was, he didn't want to pay overtime. Maybe they were, yeah. Maybe they want... were enjoying the various retail options of downtown Pittsburgh. <laughs> he didn't want to take him to the Pirates game. I'm not paying to, for you to guys to go to a baseball game. You just take the day off. Yes, yeah, so they were going around Pittsburgh then, uh, spaghetti the... with, with peanuts or whatever it is. <laughs> at the end of the movie, uh, Taylor Lautner like, talks to Dermot Mulroney on the phone. And it's just like, the dad's like, uh, I can't. I wish I could you. come. I see- wish I could because something. And like, Taylor's like, "I want to see you, Dad." And he's like, "I want to see you too, but I can't." Goodbye for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Uh, case closed for something that the screen re- kid closed. It, it might as well. You might as well have said. You might as well have said. It might. The dialogue might as well have gone like this. Dad, I want to see you. I can't, son. Because put in a reason here. We'll figure it out before the final shooting <laughs> script. Yeah. Okay. Note to self. Like that he's there's just nothing there. Like the screenwriter forgot to put something in. And uh, then at the end of the movie, Sigourney Weaver shows up and said, Oh, by the way, your dad and I worked out that maybe you want to come and live with me. I'm your new mom now. Because <laughs> every every teenage boy wants to live with his therapist. I mean, if his therapist killed an alien on a spaceship, then yeah. Yeah, sure. but he doesn't know that. That's true. He That's doesn't. all backstory that we don't know yet. <laughs> sure. I want to believe that Ripley and the therapist are the same character. Okay. But uh, yeah, he... Uh, and he goes, well, I'm going to just hang out with my girl. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. cool. I'll Suddenly just she, hang out here in the She goes lot. from super <laughs> balloon-hating super spy to lame parent in, from in, you know, half a second. It's almost nothing, zero to 60. And uh, they just Probably go. Like a lifetime to me. And <laughs> Taylor Lautner and his new girlfriend sit in a totally empty stadium staring out into the distance. And they're like, he's like, you got to admit, it was a hell of a first date. And that's cue mm-hmm. electric uh, electric cue. guitar. We start giving each other high fives because we're loving it, man. We're all about it. Abduct him, abduction. Abduct him. So I mean, <laughs> we should. Man, he dropped the beat on that one. We should actually wrap this up pretty soon. But before we do it, can can anyone here? Can anyone at this table explain to me? Why this? Why any of this makes sense? Why any of the plot of this? Like, did like, you see his abs? I just don't like. Apparently, the Serbian criminal thought that the best way to get Nikolai the coastline, yeah, to, to like <laughs> find this kid was to post him on was a to missing an entire missing child website, website, on the, the hopes the, that he will stumble that upon he might it, someday stumble on it, and get in touch with them, and. Well, as soon as he does, he forgot to check that shit. <laughs> like, as soon as he does, the message is picked up in an apartment in Brighton Beach. So, like, yeah, he's just got a guy working full time <laughs> monitoring this website. Yeah, just like, hopefully. And then, like minutes later, people show up at the house to shoot his parents. But it's also like there's this list of agents who have given me information, and I guess he's I guess he doesn't want that list to fall into the hands of the CIA or something. He doesn't. Want, I guess but he doesn't that, want to fall in the hands of the people who like if like Alfred Molina. Who are bad, but like if he has the list of the people who are bad, like can't he just go over his head like he does at the end of the movie and be like, oh, by the way, you have all these bad. Oh yeah, Alfred Molina gets arrested at the end too. Yeah, but it's also but like yeah, if he was if this was a real threat to his operation, then is here the whole time. Then you think the guy would have just given it to his superiors at any point in the past fifteen years? Taylor Lautner's character is supposed to have been in hiding with his fake parents for fifteen years. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dermot Mulroney is just like, well, I guess there's nothing I can do other than go into exile. (laughs) And uh, hope my kid doesn't get killed. But he was always nearby watching, Mm -hmm. watching his son develop. And grow. Yeah. 
shitty dad, though. I mean, they're all, yeah, well, of course. he's terrible. He's a terrible dad. It's basically like, this kid's really cramping my style. Yeah, I don't really understand the reasoning behind why the villain, Nikolai Kolslaw, why he would put so much why he would put so much effort into catching that kid instead of and catching that list because like I don't know why is it, why is he expose himself to that much danger over this shit? Yeah, well why is he doing it personally? Why doesn't he just it's go not after like the if, it's not like dad. if they find the phone they're like, "Oh, he's a bad guy. We got to arrest him." Like they know he's a bad guy. <laughs> it's It's not but it's, like at least Alfred Molina it makes sense that he really wants to Cuz he's going to get in trouble if he Cuz he, yeah, he will lose everything. Whereas the yeah. other guys like well, I just really want to kill this kid because he's a dick. To catch like, this kid, then yeah. maybe kill him. It's PG-13 probably, I think. So yeah. It's just catching. Oh, I don't know. They say fuck a couple times. But I mean, we can all, we... Yeah, at least once. But the, it's a movie Did that... they bleep it? No, they didn't bleep it. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... Do they do a record scratch every time somebody said the F word? Yes. I will say this is one of the most generic movies I think we've ever watched on yeah. the Flophouse. It had some of the best stock dialogue. Oh, super... Oh, man, I don't want to go to class. Or like... <laughs> I hate homework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of... Oh, and the parents are like... You're grounded, mister. Did or, you forget you're grounded? Up, oh, you're going to have to do the dishes. <laughs> or when the two teenage boys are like, you're not into enough underground stuff. Yes. You're too mainstream. You guys are too mainstream. I need to give you some underground stuff. You couldn't even fill in like the names of fake bands or they something like that. They didn't want to date the movie, Elliot. Yeah. This except, is a there's the part where, except there's a part where Taylor Lautner and the girlfriend are looking at pictures on the website and they're like, that looks like Ryan Seacrest crossed with Gerard Butler. Yeah, like, it's, like Justin we were cracking Bieber. Up. It looks mean, like it Justin, hilarious, Justin but... Bieber crossed with Lady Gaga. And it's like, these are the most topical names you could come up with. <laughs> Gerard Depard Bardu crossed with Rene Aubergeron or whatever. <laughs> I mean, number one, great pronunciation. Number two, what a crazy looking person that would be. Yeah, very French. Very French. Um, But there's there's a part at the end where I'll tell you how this was a this is a movie that was ludicrous in its genericness. Like it was like you you just you just inserted some people into a movie machine and then it spit out you know what you picked movie type A and not movie type B. But there's a, so there's a part at the end where they're at the Pirate Stadium and there are all these statues of past baseball players and there was part of me that really hoped that the movie was just going to go off the rails and Taylor Lautner would cast a magic spell that brought the statues to life to fight the bad guys and it's like the movie would have instantly gone from most generic movie to most amazingly idiosyncratic movie you know yeah but it didn't happen and instead. so the only only abduction was the what the teenage girl who got abducted by the werewolf. Or what? <laughs> no, when he that he was abducted as a kid, he oh, thought he okay. thought but there actually was right? no abduction. No. So why is it called abduction? Uh because it's an okay title and it has ab, so it reminds people why they want to see a Taylor no, Lautner movie. Sense. So uh, Danny, you need to do something. Yeah, let's move on. I mean, uh, we barely cracked the surface this, of the intricacies. Do we want to talk about the uh, the movie like the the mm-hmm. movie uh, machine of Pittsburgh or <laughs> it's not John Singleton and how much he weighs? No, <laughs> uh, let's just talk about Final Judgments. Whether this was a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked, Stuart. What do you say? <laughs> Um, this is, I would say it's probably in between a good, bad movie and a bad, bad movie, because there's enough stupid stuff that I enjoy it, but I don't know. It was, it was still pretty slow. I'd, I'd call it a good, bad movie. It was yeah. fun to watch and silly and stupid, but it takes, it's, it is boring also. It takes yeah. a long time to get started. Yeah, I would like to call it a good, bad movie because it is absurd, but I would have to go with bad, bad just because of the reason that you say, which is how generic it is. Now, that's kind of fun. Like it, it is kind of funny to see it as like an experiment in in can we make the most generic movie and that also, has ever been made? How much of the dialogue can the audience guess beforehand? Yeah, I mean it happened at least three times while we were watching this movie. Yeah, which is usually we do when we're watching these movies around once or twice maybe. We know three exactly times what the next line is. Yeah, three yeah. times. The the little they said it couldn't be done. The ancients foretold. Uh, but, so we're divided. We yeah, are. divided so. we fall. We should move on, though, and like quickly, before we get into mail, I just want to plug We're a few things on behalf of All Things Comedy, our... Uh, <laughs> High-five. High-fiving. Uh, our uh, parent... Not parent company... It's a, it's a cooperative. It's a cooperative. That we're, it's a podcast. It's a socialistic dude. podcasting cooperative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to <clears throat> plug uh, Harlan Williams 
is the voice of Monster Krumholtz on a new animated series called Robot and Monster on Nickelodeon. Those are two things I like in one show. Yeah. So check out Robot and Monster. It sounds like a delightful program. There's two things I like, robots and monsters. Yeah. And Krumholtz. Uh, You love Krumholtzes. Also, Tom Rhodes' is a one-hour stand-up special, Light Sweet Crude, is available on Netflix uh, as of last week. And Stuart, you were saying that you were listening to some All Things Comedy podcasts. Yeah, I wanted to plug one of our sister podcasts mm-hmm. on All Things Comedy, a new addition to the network, The Dork Forest, uh, which is the uh, podcast of... I'm going to pronounce this totally wrong, by the way. Jackie Cashian. Jackie Cashian. Uh, Cashian, my mistake. A uh, Obviously an accomplished uh, comedian that I don't know anything about. But her <laughs> podcast is great, and she talks about uh, you know what people are enthusiastic and nerdy about, which sounds like a shift at my bar. So, hey, yeah, awesome. come on. Uh, but now we should move on to uh, letters. The Flophouse movie mailbag. Hey, there's the only twenty. Part. There's only twenty six of them, but they're all great letters. Um, <laughs> been working on that one. Nope, just came up with it now. This is this is uh, from Steve. Last name withheld. It's titled "Fictional Flops." Uh oh, dear floppers. Like Hudson Hawk two. If you could review <laughs> Hawking it. <laughs> if you could review. Any fictional movie that would, in the universe of its creation, be a flop, which one would it be? The Simpsons epic A Star's Burns? Seinfeld's family friendly Sack Lunch? 30 Rock's lowbrow <laughs> classic. <laughs> the poster is just the family in the lunch bag. How do they get in there? Are they tiny or is it a giant bag? <laughs> That's the movie they really want to see. 30 Rock's lowbrow classic Honky Grandma Be Trippin'? Or something from a classic movie about movies like Singing in the Rain's The Dueling Cavalier prior to Don Lockwood's changes. You guys could probably think of some better ones. Have Adder. Thanks for the laughs. Steve, last name withheld. Well, I can't think of a lot because I just got put on the spot by Dan. Yeah, but... this is the thing. Well, I'm I mean, hipping them. I think for I, I can answer this one first if you guys want to think. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I would want to see 30 Rocks Who Dat Ninja. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the movie I would like to see, which I'm sure would be a financial flop, maybe not a critical flop, would be the Orson Welles Heart of Darkness that he was going to make that never get made, but is mentioned in the book of uh, the Yiddish Policeman's Union. For some reason, in the alternate universe that Michael Chabon has set up, where Alaska has a Jewish colony on it, one of the characters mentions that Heart of Darkness is his favorite movie or that he went to see it. And I always thought it was weird that in this alternate universe there are two differences. One, there's a Jewish colony in Alaska, and two, Orson Welles got this movie made that in real life he never actually made, even though it was in the planning stages. So that's the one I'd like to see in review. Stuart. Oh man, I still can't think it. Like there's so many, and yet I uh, this is this is not. What about great. like the itchy and scratchy movie? I mean, obviously that would be great. I would love to <laughs> review that, but it would probably be a good good movie, so it wouldn't fall within the purview. <laughs> no, it would of our be podcast. in the within the Simpsons episode. It was both a huge hit and the best movie ever I made. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this counts because uh, it seemed to be a successful film in the world of this movie, but uh, it looked terrible. And it starred a a, uh, a character or a, an actor from our movie tonight, Mr. Dermot Mulroney, uh, in Burn After Re- Reading, the film Coming Up Daisy, <laughs> oh, looks right. pretty terrible. <laughs> and I love how they just like they keep all they show is like Dermot Mulroney yelling at Daisy in the tree, like trying to get her to come down <laughs> in the tree. And uh, that looks like a pretty great bad uh, romantic comedy. I mean, uh, other. Uh, well, I guess a more uh, another obvious one would be what is it? Home for Thanksgiving from. Uh, oh, from a fair consideration. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, or what? No, that home from Purim. Home from Purim. But which I one do you think? The, of? The, the, the I think the original the uh, the final title was Home for Thanksgiving oh. after it got you know dumbed down and made more palatable. See what else could we see? The porno movie from Hardcore that George C. Scott can't watch because mm-hmm. his daughter's in it. Or uh, the, the one the in uh, I don't know. He seems pretty adamant that you should make it stop. <laughs> he does want it to want them to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, let's see. But there's there's so many others. There's coupon the movie from Mr. Show. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Any of Troy McClure's movies? Yeah. Like preacher with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. What's the Amish one? Dial M for murderousness. <laughs> Um, and that Muppet Medieval Muppets one Muppets Go Medieval <laughs> Sure That's in another Troy McClure This uh, letter 
is titled Pervisoid Update. Oh, oh okay. I've so this is for this. your stalker? From Steve and Last Name Withheld. <laughs> Wasn't and, the last uh, one from Steve and Last Name Withheld? That was from Steve Last Name Withheld. I'm assuming that these are two different. Like, one of them was the V. This is a PH. Oh, okay. oh master of disguise. <laughs> Who can see through that one? Real cloak and dagger expert. So this is pre- There's a prelude to this email. In uh, ellipses, he writes in all caps, Nightmare Mailbag. Uh, Dear Donut Dan the Militia Man, I wrote in as someone fairly new to the show, wondering why you, pre- you were referred to as Pervisoid Number 1. Now it's clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth will out. After listening to the Smuckers Bunch episode, wherein you, under no provocation, began talking about masturbating to Heavy Metal Magazine in the aisles of a 7-Eleven, there's a no doubt you were indeed Perversoid number one. I don't remember that happening. I think that's We know up. it happened. Elliot's description of how you achieved that nomenclature was very apt. You were extremely creepy. And now when I listen to episodes, there's always a sinister undercurrent to anything you say. I never know when you might decide to discuss what the best fruit in which to stick your penis is. Or which of the golden girls you think is the hottest? With Rue, the exception, of course, Rue McClanahan. With the exception not a, of Rue McClanahan. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. You Takes should the, probably... It's like saying, which one of the original X-Men would you like to have sex with? Not Jean Grey. <laughs> Beast, Iceman, Angel, or Cyclops? <laughs> Iceman. <laughs> you should probably... Because shockingly cold orifices, clearly. <laughs> that would be that? unpleasant. I thought it was, that was the obvious answer, guys. No, you'd, go, you'd want to go with Beast after he got the blue fur, because then you could take a nap on him afterwards. Yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe Angel. He's some sort of ladylike. Actually, he's delicate. Sure. Uh, not anyway. Cyclops though because he's so boring you'd fall asleep <laughs> you should probably not read this on air because I fear your reputation may be tarnished even further if people are reminded of this impossible by the way inform Stuart that I also adore him and I'm not his nemesis Owl Madrigal the best floppies are always the one with the original peaches F-L-O-P in the USA yeah Stephen thanks for mentioning me Stephen <laughs> Uh, he's riding it out in the middle. Look, he's dude. scared okay. of me, and he adores Stuart. Well, I think, I think of you the three got of off us, easy. Yeah, that's true. Of the three of us, not be mentioned. I think Dan is the most likely to kill somebody. What? It is creepy. Yeah, and I'm the most likely to have sex with Iceman from the original X Men. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now that you got me thinking about it, so this thanks uh, Stephen uh, and Steve. Message is from. It's an email, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry T. Robot. I think you're making this up as we go now. Jerry T. Robot writes... The T stands for the. Uh, Dear Flophouse, I started listening to your podcast sometime last year and quickly went through your whole back catalog. I wait with bated breath every other week for the next installment of what I can honestly call my favorite podcast ever. But oh, something thanks, Mr. Robot. has been troubling me. Oh, no. And I wait with breath even more bated for something else. The arrival of a fourth member that will bring balance to the podcast... It just seems that while Dan leads, Elliot is quick to point out facts, Jack, and Stuart <laughs> is clearly a party dude. Your podcast lacks a certain, oh, I don't know, let's call it a cool crudeness. A thorny fourth member might be able to add this element to the show. This is, of course, assuming that Dan's wife doesn't already play this role. Heretofore, She's I've... usually just standing right behind Dan with a, with a rolling pin in her hands and curlers in her hair. Mm-hmm. But she always, has a, style. she always has a sigh stuffed into the belt of her, uh, of her pants. <laughs> and she wears a red bandana, yeah. Heretofore, I've assumed her purpose was to teach you guys to be ninja teens, so please cl- correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, she's Splinter. That's right. Not Raphael. Or does the house cat provide that kind of balance? I'm just kind of worried that if Five Head, the contest ruiner, or Seven Pounds show up, you might be outmatched. All the best, Jerry T. Robot. Thanks for th- worrying about us, Jerry. Actually, what the reason we, there are three of us is because we're in a balance. Uh, John Constantine actually sold each of us his soul, and now he can't die or else there will be civil war among the Flophouse overlords. So we all, yeah, we, wait, we all have part of it, or do we all have full ownership, but we can never claim it? We can never. We all want full ownership because uh, that, that is a no, sweet soul. That's re- I, I like that I, story. I always <laughs> thought that... <laughs> it's a great story. It's the best Hellblazer story. Yeah, I thought that the house cat was the cool crudeness. He's the one who just isn't around. I thought it was cool. It's got cool give, rudeness. Cool but rude. I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to correct Jerry the robot, but it's he's Raphael's cool but rude, not crude. Come on, mm-hmm. he has the taste and refinement of a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> um, this message. We uh, are heroes on a half shell, though. So you got that right. But that, like, that's the, like the turtles aren't on a half shell. I mean, like they have a full shell. Like they're not like oysters that have been ripped open. <laughs> 
The, I would hope not. That would be terrible. <laughs> like there's a top and a bottom like to the show. Krang is about to eat them in some kind of crazy luncheon. <laughs> Krang's crazy luncheon. Stop on by. Kids eat free. I just uh, bebop your way down. Like I just don't have a rock steady. Our prices are rock steady. <laughs> I don't want to. Shredder, we got a two. You got five at table three. Ugh. I just don't. I don't want to correct. The writer of the lyrics to the, the, the Ninja Turtles theme, who did, who did fine work. It just It's incorrect to refer to them as heroes in the half shell. That's all, all right. I'm saying. But turtle power. I'm, sh- I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's living in his palatial manner right now. <laughs> just listening to that song in Everlasting Loop. Yeah, Ninja House, it's called. <laughs> this is the house that ninjas built. Uh, it's a shoddy house. A lot of secret passageways. You never know who's creeping around there. <laughs> this... Uh, this message is from Jeff, last name withheld. It's called, Harrison Ford tells it as it is. He's already working around the clock. <laughs> Greetings, floppers. <laughs> I was looking for podcasts and people on somethingawful.com pointing me to the flop house. And over the past few weeks, I've been making every attempt to listen to every episode, even though this is making me neglect the amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay. This is the most Michael Schiavone. <laughs> it is, and podcast. I don't even like Michael Schiavone that much. <laughs> really? Uh, he's all right. He is. He, you know, I'm a lethal. Put your foot down. Let's keep going. He's uh, he's up and down. <laughs> he he's is up, up and down, down. But I don't. I find Cavalier him, and Clay and Wonder Boys are great. I think to. I think Cavalier and Clay is a fine middle brow novel, all right. deserving of the Pulitzer, a somewhat middle brow literary prize. There, I said it. All right, I really like Cavalier and Clay and Wonder Boys. The other ones, eh. I'll always take Fortress of Solitude over any of Shaban's books. Uh, he goes on to say, however, I was just listening to the Cowboys Ampersand Aliens podcast, <laughs> and none of you mentioned the best line of the film. When Olivia Wilde is explaining that the aliens want gold, I figured these aliens are big Ron Paul fans. Oh, yeah, gold's never been worth zero. Ford goes, <laughs> well, that's just ridiculous. What are they going to do, buy something? Which summed up the entire movie for me. <laughs> it's like the writer said, that's stupid. They want gold. And someone else said, I'll just cop to it being dumb so we don't have to make up something better. <laughs> Hanging a lantern only works when the joke was good to begin with. Keep up the good work. And Elliot, keep making obscure Marvel re- references. This is a great email. I do have to, uh, I do have to take issue. Hanging a lantern, then this is a writer's term, which, which as mm-hmm. I understand it. I don't think I've ever heard it before. It means that you point out something is stupid so that the audience thinks that, like, oh, that can't be stupid. They pointed out that it's stupid. So so you're actually well, wrong that, in saying no, that I, it I only think, works if the joke was good to begin with. Oh, I see. I th- but I think they are, this is what they're doing because it's like... No, that's totally what well, they're doing. Well, yeah, so them thank buying... you for your letter so Dan could prove his... Uh... <laughs> his bona fides as a writer. We get it. You're a professional writer. But it's no, true. No, I mean, but it's they a, are, you deserve it, dude. But you they are gosh. doing it for that. They're saying, yeah, it would be stupid if they had to buy something. So they must have a better reason for taking gold. They could have put a scene where the aliens go and buy something with the gold. I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Two aliens in a trench coat, one on top of the other's shoulders. But they're really tall anyway, so I don't know yeah, why they're doing that. Crazy. It's like, um, we'd like to buy some things with this gold. <laughs> um, this. I'll try to make some more obscure Marvel references. You got it. This uh, email is titled... I guess I'll see you all on (laughs) Counter-Earth. This email is titled... Just keep going. Mount Wondagore. (laughs) These are Marvel references. This email is titled One Last Letter. Um, And it's from First Name Withheld Phelan. Dear Flophouse co-creators, This is the part of the podcast where you recommend a movie, perhaps that you've seen recently, (laughs) perhaps not, that you actually liked in contrast to the nonsense that you review on this podcast. So, Stuart, is there a movie you'd like to recommend to the listeners? <laughs> so wait, someone, someone wrote in to prompt us to this segment? <laughs> yeah. Are, is that a sign? Are we taking too long with the letters? Oh, is man. that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I've watched a couple movies in my days, guys. Um, I'm going you to... have watched only a couple movies. <laughs> so... Head of the Family, Castle Freak, and Invisible Maniac. You, got, you guys know me. Right, you know, and if there's as much been, as any man can know, Stuart Wellington. If there's one thing you guys, if there's one thing you guys know about me, uh-huh. it's that I love sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, if the sport is blood bowl, then yes. <laughs> so that uh, I would like to recommend a sports movie called Warrior, where two <laughs> MMA fighters totally beat each other up a bunch of times, starring Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, and Nick Nolte is a drunk old dad. He was nominated for an Academy Award for it. And he was good in it. So, run, don't walk to your Netflix queue. 
but warrior <laughs> I mean, in there. To, I mean, click it's on a, your computer. I think on your Xbox. I don't remember which. And then it'll, like a physical it'll start, space it'll start playing, to to. and you pop some corn and watch it, and it's good. <laughs> I like how Stuart's explaining how you watch a movie. <laughs> Just let the images go in through your eyes and the sound through your ears, because it's a talkie. Put your arm around your best girl. Let the story affect or your guy. emotions. Maybe your pet. Who cares? Enjoy Warrior. Got to love with someone you love. For Warrior. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Warrior, for making us laugh at love again. I may we'll have you on the edge of the seat. <laughs> I'm rooting I, for your favorite fighter. I may have uh, go see Warrior for the first time all over again. Recommended this film before? On I can't Netflix. remember. It's been so long, guys. It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a long time getting uh, from there to here. It's been a long time, but our time is finally near. Thank you. We're here. Time is uh, finally here. So you were on a plane recently? No, no. I. Uh, <laughs> it's a place where you watch movies. I actually mentioned this movie earlier on in the podcast. I feel like Burn After Reading has been a forgotten. Coen Brothers movie. Like mm. a lot of people love the Coen Brothers. I feel like that was a movie that was uh, unjustly, <laughs> unjustly like looked on as a lesser film. I think it's a very funny movie. Yeah, I think so too. I I, th- I enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed like No Country for Old Men. To be honest, it's more Coeny than no, no, yeah. no Country for Old Men. I think that people maybe didn't like it so much because it's a kind of a cold movie. Like it's a cruel movie. It's a movie where the main joke is that. No, like everyone's selfish in it, and no one understands what's happening. And the point of it is that uh, national security can be affected by a bunch of idiots, and no one at the end will understand whatever happened. Yeah, and it's they're all pathetic, and life is a joke, and you're, the joke's on you, losers. <laughs> yeah. So if that it sounds upset, the Coen Brothers pointing out of the screen at you and laughing at you. <laughs> so I guess I can understand why maybe it wasn't a bigger hit, but. <laughs> I still think it's a very good movie, so I'm going to recommend Burn After Reading. Mm. Mm. I'm going to recommend, I think, very quickly two movies. One is a movie called Great World of Sound that was loaned to me about two years ago, and I finally watched it by I Love Bed Movies co-publisher Matt Carmen, mm. uh, and it's about a guy. Shout out. And it's about two guys who get jobs as kind of sketchy record producers for a company that's basically scamming musicians they don't seem to totally realize it or at least don't want to admit it to themselves that they're scamming people and how they come to terms with realizing that and realizing who they're working for and it's directed by the same guy who did compliance uh recently and i also want to recommend last night i went to a screening of lincoln the new steven spielberg film about a little known president named abraham lincoln this is a vampire movie? It is not a vampire movie. There's nothing about vampires in it. Okay. And while I came into Lincoln, people may – listeners may know I'm a big Abraham Lincoln buff. I consider him the greatest man in human history. You are Abraham Lincoln buff. Yeah. Dang, it's a Like five. really tall and spindly and <laughs> <Yep>. like uh, – <laughs> uh, That sexy wart. So I was ready to <laughs> – I was ready to find it incredibly disappointing. I thought it was a very good movie, not – the kind of breathtaking movie I wanted it to be. It isn't Mm. the final word on Abraham Lincoln cinematically. Someone someday will make the great movie on Abraham Lincoln. You don't think that's young Abe Lincoln? No, I don't even like young Abe Lincoln that much. If anything, I say Abe Lincoln in Illinois. Young Einstein? (laughs) Wait, which one's the Ford movie? Yeah, yeah, that's young. Okay. No, Abe Lincoln in Illinois is the one with Raymond Massey that I think is a better movie. Uh, And... this, I think Lincoln is the best movie since Abe Lincoln in Illinois, which is, you know, a 60-some-odd-year movie. Year old movie. It doesn't take sixty some years to watch it, but I think it's a well made movie. It falls apart at times. I will give you two caveats. One is it has a John Williams score in it. Okay. And John Williams has somehow gone from being one of the best movie scorers to being the worst movie scorist. It is the blandest, worst, heavy handed movie score I've heard in a long time. And I wish Steven Spielberg had just not used it. And Two, I actually found the parade of celebrities in roles a little distracting at times. But other than that, people do a great job, uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis sure tries his hardest, um, and it comes out to be a very good movie that gets across in a lot of ways probably what it was like to be around Lincoln at the time. All right. So three great recommendations. Actually, Wait, four. four. Yeah. So take so, that, Stuart. Yep. Uh, I don't understand why. <laughs> take it, I'll take it to my grave. One of those was Stuart's. <laughs> 25% of those recommendations were supplied by Stuart. Uh, so, guys, uh, I hope you can forgive us for taking uh, one week young off. Young Mr. Lincoln is the name of that movie, not Young Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Young Mr. Lincoln. For the election and Thanks. such. Um, we're now, we're next time we're recording is what, January? No, no. Uh, I think that our schedule will keep us 
from actually taking a gap over Christmas and New Year's, which would Excellent. be nice. So we got a little turkey day. Then we're going to be here talking about shitty movies again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we got our live show coming up. Yep, December 15th, which I think is sold out again. Yeah? Uh, yeah. It Because uh, a cousin of mine bought tickets, and then when her sister, my another cousin of mine, tried to buy tickets, it was sold out. Hotcakes. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I guess in keep, you can keep monitoring that website and see if, if the tickets open up. But There will uh, probably be scalpers out front. Oh, yeah, but you're going to end up paying, you Who's know, four digits for those tickets, you know. Uh well but, but you know if if you if you really uh if you really care you could show up and take your chances wow I guess but yeah, I think the real lesson into it. the like real it. lesson is the next time we do a screening snap them up folks yeah do not hesitate walk no wait run don't walk to your Clear computer, computer. <laughs> <laughs> and go to the ninety two watch Rebecca website and, and buy Netflix. those tickets next time <laughs> no then, not at Netflix <laughs> then go wait. off of Netflix. To the 90Y side. <laughs> Go to the Castle Freak section. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this whole section? <laughs> For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCool. Click on Unrated Director's Edition. <laughs> that's click been on, Stuart Wellington. Click on Turn Off Ding Dong Rip Off Safe Search. <laughs> and that's been Elliot Kalen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. You still owe me a dollar. <laughs> Done fiddling with my knob, Dan? <laughs> still got it. hey He was just ar- adjusting the microphone. But it's I turned it into an Austin Powers-style innuendo. Yep. You sure did. Yep. <laughs> turned into Hank set Hill him, all of a sudden, Dan. <laughs> set him up and knock him yep. down. You sure did. <laughs> that joke ain't right. So, um... Bobby? <laughs> yep. It's Hank Hill. Oh! Right. Let, let keep going. <laughs> That's all the catchphrases he has. Do 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 Luann. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do Luann. Do uh, the, the guy who does the mumbly mouth. Boomhauer. <laughs> well, say one little dang old. Oh, man, it's dead on. Yep, there you go.